This is the Police Canine Training Podcast with Jeff Meyer. Join us for each episode to get real-world advice from canine professionals who have experience on the street. Each episode will focus on up-to-date information that you can use on the street. Spend about 30 minutes with us each week as part of your training day. Our goal at Police Canine Training is to make every canine team be the best they can be. Welcome to the Police Canine Training Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. I'm back uh, with uh, one of my guests that I had at my old podcast. I've got Brian Green today from Arizona DPS. And Brian and I have, uh, in the last couple of years, we've ended up doing quite a bit of different training things together. And uh, we end up spending a lot of time on the phone, kind of bouncing ideas off each other. Brian is the, the sergeant uh, for the uh, one of the larger canine units in the country, probably definitely in the top five or six. So I'm going to let Brian kind of talk about his background, uh, reintroduce himself if you uh, haven't heard from him before or if uh, you forgot from when he was on some of my old podcasts, my other stations. So how are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing well, doing well. Can so. you uh, Can you kind of go over your background and how you ended up here talking to me today? Yeah, absolutely. So I... Uh, this is my 24th year in law enforcement, and of that, I'm um, going to be going on my 19th in a canine unit. I got into uh, canine, I guess the easiest way to describe it is everybody has uh, some type of reason why they got into law enforcement. And my reason was, is I, I thought, you know, working with a dog would be a, a great, great experience, and, and that's what I went with. And uh, so my entire career was always going along the ways of how to get into canine all the way back to, you know, jumping in the suit and, and learn about agitation to, uh, you know, we are Arizona DPS is an interdiction unit as well and, and learn how to get into interdiction and focus on compartments and seizures and all that kind of stuff, because that was what was asked of me. Sure. Um, spent, uh, the first few years in, uh, canine work in the roads and, uh, there was a need for a trainer at the time. And I jumped on board with that. Only had two years on. Didn't really know what I was doing, other than I could tell guys where to be at a certain time and put stuff together and and go from there. And as time progressed, I, I went through instructor school and and became an instructor. And and then uh, did that for a few years. Worked a bomb dog, a lot of major venues and such. Uh, um, did some uh, skid style, you know, uh, SWAT work. Yeah. And then ultimately ultimately got in as the training supervisor for our department and i've been there uh since uh 2015 so that's what uh eight years eight and a half years now that i've uh, been in that and um we're uh, like i said we're interdiction we have a little bit of everything we've got bomb dogs we've got a swat dog uh we've had dogs in our uh gang unit um uh interdiction obviously um so a little gamut of everything that uh, you know that we work with, and, and, and your dogs are dual purpose for the most part, right? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, obviously, you know we we did dabble a little bit with the dual purpose uh, bomb dogs. Right now, we're still we went back to just running single purpose yeah. bomb dogs. Uh, we, uh, but for the most part, the guys that are working the road, the interdiction guys, they are are running with bite dogs as well. So, so and and one dog, not two dogs, right? One one dual yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah, just dog, one yeah. dog. You know, and their and their focus is. Uh, work in the road. So we've kind of tailored our training to 
to what we will run into and we can talk about that in a little yeah. bit based on where we're going with this but that's one of the kind of the learning moments that we've you know uh, been a part of um, as we've progressed in our in our uh, unit has continued to mature and obviously you know the topic of this uh, podcast is being a trainer and being a supervisor so we're going to kind of talk about that path um, how many dog teams do you guys have in your your bureau I think, uh, like every, we're, we're down to about 29. We've uh, been up to, uh, actually, we're at 32. I'm sorry. We're, we've been as high as 37 at one point with staffing and yeah. such issues right now. We're, we're, we do, we are running some vacancies. Um, but, uh, we just purchased two more bomb dogs uh, a couple weeks ago and get ready to start on those. So, uh, we are uh, back up to 32. Um, but a 30 dog unit is a, it's a, obviously a pretty large unit. There's a, for, you know, there's obviously some bigger ones, but definitely in my travels, you know, I'd say a lot of agencies, I think, hover around 10, 12 dogs or smaller generally. So 30 dogs. How many supervisors do you have, like for, like sergeants, do you have in that unit? So we have uh, five squads. Uh, four are uh, working squads uh, working the road. And one squad, which is mine, will be the uh, training squad. So I've got two guys and myself. So a total of three full-time trainers, uh, instructors, if you will. And then uh, I've got a couple of guys that are working on getting into instructing that are still on other squads that uh, fill in and and help out uh, whenever we uh, have the need. So I we recognized long ago that you know it's it's a busy enough. Uh, district within our department that full-time instructing was uh, was needed and uh, the department was you know uh, able to provide us a squad and that's a good thing because it seems like you know again talking to when when agencies have 10 or 12 dogs those agencies are generally always in some type of training there's always a dog that goes down unexpectedly or a planned retirement but there's always a cycle going on so when you have 30 dogs and you're in charge of all the training there's probably not really a time where you don't have, you know, a need for probably, you know, to purchase dogs all the way through, you know, changing out a dog because, you know, maybe earlier than what you planned. So it's got to be a kind of a constant struggle for you to just to keep keep all the dogs in service. It is. And then, you know, the outside forces that came in uh, a few years back, marijuana was legalized and there were some decisions that were made on how we were going to address that. And so, yeah, it's uh, it definitely changed. Um, the face of our canine unit for quite a few years and, and the amount of classes that we put on. And we also offer free training. So other agencies will jump on board our training as well, whether it's a patrol school or a detection school of some sort. And uh, so, yeah, it's, there's, there's never a dull moment. There's always something that's going on uh, for us. So at any given time, you probably have either a patrol dog school or a detection school going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and your, in your schools, they're, they're are they fairly formalized where what I mean, like some agencies, like the agency in, in uh, my agency, we didn't really leave the road to, to train a dog. We'd kind of worked it in. And if we got, you know, patrol work, we'd have to stop what we we're doing and go do patrol searches or work with the SWAT guys. So um, it wasn't like a, a, a day-to-day Academy, but I assume yours just from your size and the logistics that when you start training a dog, that's all that handler does for the next period of time. Correct. Yeah. As far as the handler goes, you know, obviously I think, you know, every agency would say the same thing that operational is always more important than training. So, you know, our guys will get pulled away here and there uh, for stuff. And, 
you know, we got into the, the tracking profile as well. And um, with that, I, I that's kind of stayed uh, to guys that have a lot of years experience or are instructors as well. So they, they may get pulled away from a class to, to go teach yeah. that, but or to to go run a track for somebody but for the most part yeah it's a it's a designated hey this is what we're doing for the next you know 10 15 whatever the class is weeks to to get this guy running and and get him out on the road yeah so your 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 progress in your your agency generally is your handler for a while and then if you have interest you become a a, like a the new trainer who sounds like that's handling mostly logistics not maybe as much training just kind of learning the whole you know all the administration administration part of it and then then you work into actually being a trainer how does that work do you uh train the trainers in-house by the older trainers or do you send them off to a school or you know how do you how do you guys develop that so i think uh so we tried to designate uh uh two different terms uh one is a trainer uh and and what i try to you know classify that as is somebody that's wanting to get in uh to to um really lead a a group of guys to to make them better uh typically they're designated in a different squad other than mine and 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 we're watching them and, and giving them opportunities to to show what skills they have how they communicate with an officer more than anything really sure and you know experiences that they could bring to to make that area uh better and and how guys react you know uh as well and and like i said we'll get into a little bit of that yeah. in a bit but i think those are huge things and and if a guy continues to progress and then uh, uh we'll send him off uh most of our instructing uh to become an instructor i should say is done through out of the horse so once a guy's had a few classes under his belt where he's helped with some basic and done some uh um, weekly maintenance training, then we'll send them off to out of the horse where they'll uh, continue progressing and get their instructor certification. And then, you know, we keep somebody, I use the term instructor for somebody that is, you know, helping create a lesson plan and hey, in, in envisioning where this team needs yeah. to go for the future. So, you know, I, I guess that's more of the leadership style for an instructor that, hey, this is where this dog team needs to go. These are the, the issues they're having. These are how we're going to overcome them. And the trainer is going to be somebody along the lines that is actually helping put those to work. Okay. And you touched on a couple of things that I don't want to, I don't want to pass over yet. So um, one of the things, and I know we're going to talk about more um, is obviously, you know, training a dog. Um, and you and I've had this discussion about being a trainer. Training a dog is easy. It's training a handler, how to train the dog is a difficult part. So it sounds like rightfully so you put a lot of emphasis in is the, this person is, is that, is he or she able to train another adult and get along with them and have that type of, of, you know, cause you could be the best dog trainer in the world, but not be a good trainer of other people. So obviously you guys put a lot of emphasis on that. It sounds like. Right. We do. And, and it's kind of entertaining. I, for years I've brought guys in and, and I always know when a guy is ready to to be an instructor and he's progressed because it goes something like this. They come into my office and they usually slam the door and <laughs> and they start bringing up the fact that I, I you know, I, I lied to him that I this has nothing to do with training dogs. This is has everything to do with uh, training people. <laughs> and I laugh and, and it's it's almost like that epiphany where they realize 
the dog part is the easy yeah. part. It really yeah. is. And, and I know, you know, we all love dogs and that's why we're in this field. And, and uh, but handlers can be some of the most challenging people to, yeah. to work with, even more so than regular law enforcement, because the, the personality that we're looking for that makes them a good uh, a handler can also make them a real pain. <laughs> a little to be bit a, stubborn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a real pain to 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 work with, and and you you have to take that, and you can't take things personal, and yeah, it, you know, um, and just guys rep, recognizing, hey, I, I'm here for your best interest, and 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 yeah. working through those issues, and not just yeah. saying, you know, forget it. Yeah, and then another thing that you touched on is that um, after they've taught a few schools, that you send them off to to a trainer school, like for you guys, it's Adler Horse. And one of the things I like about hearing, you know, obviously you guys go through enough dogs, you have enough experience in your experienced trainers, you know, you and all the trainers there have seen enough dogs and handlers and that really there's probably not a problem that's going to come, you know, during one of your, your uh, uh, academies that you guys aren't going to be able to collectively fix pretty easily. So I think sometimes agencies get in a rut where it's like, you know, I'll learn from the old trainer and I'm not going to go to any school because I don't need to. And I think that the part of the, the one of the problems with a hand-me-down type of a thing like that is that old trainer might have some flaws built into their, their training system and now they're getting passed down. I like the idea of, you know, like I've, I, I'm heavily involved in the Utah Post canine program. People go there to do instructor schools. What I like the idea about doing something like what you're describing is that you're always exposing your new trainers to other trainers and other methodology and, and getting a network that, that they can, you know, those trainers will come back with uh, people on their phone that they can call from a totally different agency and kind of keep things fresh. So is that one of the reasons why you do that? Or is that a big reason why you would do that? Yeah, it, it's huge. You know, I don't want to sound too prideful, but there were some times when, you know, I first became a, a supervisor and, you know, uh, talking, you know, in depth a little bit about this, but the short of it is, is, Hey, I'm the, I'm the supervisor. Therefore I know. Yeah. And coming up with solutions to problems that uh, may or may not work. And then realizing later on that, you know, um, the, the industry has changed. And if you stay in tune, whether it's out of the horse or, you know, I could name half a dozen sure. different vendors yeah. out there or, or, any, you know, some Associations, of the major corporations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you've got a lot of people bringing ideas to the table. It, it's going to make you better. And, yeah. you know, I'm not afraid. And, and for a while I, you know, always was that, Hey, um, to bring another expert in, Hey, how are you doing this? Come in and, and teach, uh, show us how you're doing this and present a, a set of issues. You know, and, and I've had some amazing uh, things to learn that I'm like, man, how, how did I not ever figure this out that were very sure. simple? And I've had some things that were like, <laughs> well, I'm never doing that. <laughs> yeah. And, but and you, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've been through no less than probably four or five remote caller, e-caller classes over the years of yeah. week-long instructor uh, like courses, and they taught it a ton of different ways. And you know, you and I, uh, I saw your class and, and, and I'm not, you know, just trying to, to blow smoke here, but it was a, a phenomenal class. And, um, it taught me a lot of stuff that other classes didn't. Yeah. And, 
uh, going into that, I would have said, yeah, I, I know how to do this and, and this is how it's done. But the way you instruct it was completely different. And, and, and I think, you know, to see that, I mean, how many classes did you come out here for what, four or five for yeah. a while there? Yeah. I mean, I had other agencies, Hey, this is, I love this. And, and, uh, put on another class so we can, we can see it. And, and that's an easy example of it. But what it really comes down to is, is the moment you decide that you know how to do something and there's no other ways. And that's the moment that your squad or your canine unit itself has stopped. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I, I give an, a, a great example of this is I had a guy that uh, approached me that only had six years on and he wanted to get into instructing and I needed an instructor at the time because of some turnover uh, with promotions and such. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to give him a shot. And this guy dug into the science and, and you know, and, and it, when you're in the private industry or, you know, private world, yeah. that's one of the attacks that people always say is canine are heavy handed. We don't know the science and we're just, you know, we're just, yeah. Uh, treating these dogs poorly and he's able to come in learn the science behind it and then as he progresses the art of training a dog comes with him he's a phenomenal trainer and yeah. uh or instructor i should say i i still mix them up myself but <laughs> uh he he does a great job because he learned the science of you know yeah of animal training and and then applied it and it made him uh, very successful. And I think that's one of the huge things that you see in law enforcement is more and more guys are learning the science where you don't have to be a 12 or 15 year canine handler veteran to know how to instruct uh, exactly. a dog team. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I mean, you know, the, the Internet is littered with guys that are throwing their their information up there. Some are are not so good. Some are very good. And. You know, it's our job to, to weed through it. Yeah. But the more we take the time to to look and listen to what other people are doing, the better. So and, and so with all of what you've just said, too, I think an important thing is that I know you've seen it. it, it I think sometimes unfairly for the person who, who gets the title, they're just given the title. OK, now you're the trainer and nothing changed other than that they, you're now a trainer. And maybe you're going to run the training day, but the department doesn't give them the opportunity to go out and expand their knowledge in, in any of these different ways we're talking about. It's just, here's a title. Now you're a trainer. And, and maybe there's a perk, like you get the nicest car or something like that. I mean, I've seen those types of things more often than not with, without any real, you know, here's, here's how we're going to make you a little bit different from being a handler to a trainer. Now you're going to be an instructor. So we're going to, instead of giving you the title, we're going to actually develop your career. Uh, obviously, you guys have a path like that, but can you kind of speak to, I'm sure you've kind of seen that too. Yeah, I think there's multi-facets of that. The first I want to touch on, because I think there'll be a lot of people that understand that, is the guy. You know, there's yeah. always there's always the guy that wants that term. I'm the trainer. Yep. I'm the instructor. But they don't do anything other than walk around and share with them that they're the title of, you know, I'm the trainer for, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, agency, agency X's uh, dogs. Hmm. Um, and you're right. Uh, agencies don't necessarily put him through a training, but it's his job to make that happen. And I, I know 
in this day and age, it's hard to get people to, to do things and they're not getting paid. But I look at it this way. If, if I'm putting that title on my name, uh, then I'm going to be the, the, uh, uh, trainer for an, uh, an agency. I'm saying that I'm going to make this group better and I'm going to have to do what I can. Yeah. And, and just waiting for an agency to put you through is it, you're doing a disservice uh, to your, your guys. You, you've got to step up. You've got to, to, to find, I mean, there's enough books and stuff out there to make yourself better on your own. I mean, there really exactly. is. There's, exactly. I mean, you can sit and look at Cameron Ford stuff uh, on his uh, Instagram page and have a better understanding of, of uh, science behind yeah. dogs just in listening to that. And researching it, you know, take a word, you know, operant conditioning and, and go learn about it. And how, how does this apply? Why does everybody always talk about operant conditioning? Why is everybody talking about successive approximations and, and so on? And and start putting your own uh, I, uh, training together yeah. based on that stuff. It's it's the guy that sits back and goes, I'm the trainer. And I like to tell everybody I'm the trainer. And then what are we doing for training? Oh, won't you, won't you put something together? Since I'm the trainer, I'm going to designate it. No, yeah. no, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You know, you, you step in and, and now more than ever, you know, canine is scrutinized in how the dog bites, when the dog bites, how long the dog was on the bite, um, to, how did you the know, dog come off the bite? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To, Hey, did the dog touch the car when it was doing a narcotic yeah. sniff? You yeah. know, with that stuff in Idaho right now. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, you know, we've talked about this, but you're a super, you're a first level supervisor that's not getting paid for. It, it is, it is a thankless job, and you have to go into man, man, uh, mindset that I'm here to make everybody better, and I think your guys will respect that, especially if your department's not providing any additional training and yes. and you're coming up hey i saw this so and so is doing this let's go to that or going to other agencies there's nothing wrong with going to another law enforcement agency and saying hey i see this you know swallow our pride i'm yeah. a trainer but i don't know how to do it yeah. and and you know i mean we've done that and and that when i was doing you know Absolutely. the introduction i was talking about my agency is not an agency that goes and does 100 200 building searches every year so, you know, it's not uncommon for my guys. I send them over to Phoenix Police Department. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, uh, see how they're uh, teaching this or yeah. what they're doing, what they're running into, and and little things that they're doing differently. We start applying, and and I, I'm not too prideful to to say that. You know, I absolutely, mean, that's not our skill set. You know, and and consequently, you know, a lot of the vehicle stuff that we do, you know, they're coming to us when when one agency realizes, hey, they don't. This this agency doesn't know everything. They start wanting to share the things they know, and then they start picking your brain, and that's how you start developing these um, good contacts and and uh, opportunities for learning. Where you can just you know, uh, I have I have this problem. I know I'm, I need to call so and so, and so and so maybe like, oh, they do this a lot. Let me call them, and and that's how this really really should be building right now. We need to all become and one group and i'm sure your your experience in that is similar to my own where over the years you know long before i did hits or had a magazine or anything like that um i could i could get a hold of somebody that didn't know who i was and tell them you know hey you know i'm I'm doing this or that and i just want to pick your brain if i called you know pick any number 
if I called 10 trainers, nine of them would have been overwhelmingly supportive and give me anything they want. And maybe, maybe every once in a while you get the guy who wants to be the big time and that's the guy who's happy with the title and maybe doesn't really have the information. So won't share it with you. But, um, I guess I just I just want to interrupt you there to encourage people, you know, if you if you don't know all the people in your your area, if you work for a large metropolitan area and you work for the biggest city in the area, if you don't know all the people in all the suburbs around you or vice versa, if you work in the suburbs and you don't know people in the other suburbs and all the, the, the big city that you're next to, you should know all those people and, and know all the trainers and the handlers and figure out ways. Because if, if, you know, the way that, that those relationships get started is someone picks up the phone and makes a call and then you start building those. And it's such an easy thing to do, but people start getting kind of insular in their own little training groups. And then it almost be, it's it almost seems clickish until you have some other event and then you realize everybody gets along. And, and it, you know, so I just say it doesn't matter what your title is or if you're, if you're a brand new handler, reach out and start meeting other handlers from other agencies because it's an easy thing to do. And uh, it, it, I think it benefits you and your, your agency more than people right. realize. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. It, uh, I, I think we all should be coming together and, and, and working together. But, you know, it, it, I, I understand why it's not. I mean, look at the personalities. You yeah. are looking uh, type A, alpha. You know, I'm at the tip of the spear kind of guy right. that's going to go save the world. And, and a lot of those uh personalities can sometimes conflict with that kind of deal but you know when when you do recognize hey i don't know everything and just because of that uh title doesn't mean i suddenly i went from handler to instructor i just got a a huge dose of uh knowledge it doesn't it doesn't work that way but yeah you know and i guess i'd throw in real quick on that thing too is that you know sometimes you might you'll see a trainer and maybe they've got whatever number of dogs underneath them it's the trainer's dog does not have to be the best dog in the unit and sometimes it might be the best dog in the unit but he doesn't have time to to tweak that dog the way he does because he spends so much time uh you know they the, the trainer spends so much time leaving their dog in the car training other dogs or sometimes you, know, you get the dog that you got um and i think sometimes some egos get in that where it's like this guy says he's a trainer, but my dog, you know, is faster or stronger, or bites better or whatever. And I think that, you know, so those are some of the hurdles you have to get over in your mindset that, and obviously if the, if a person is trying to tell you, you know, that they have some dynamite dog and it, it's nothing that you would want to work, then just move on and find another trainer. But it's an easy mm-hmm. thing to start networking. And it's, it's probably one of the most, most valuable things you can do. It is. It, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, I, I don't want to sit here and say I, you know, I'm always been in favor of it because it, it took, it took a lot of failure and, and struggles and and coming to the end of ideas before I, you know, uh, I've on many occasions realized I, I got to reach out to somebody because I don't understand this. And there are some amazing people that know canine. They're not, you know, they're not in it for the money. They're in it for putting bad guys yeah. in jail. And they're like, hey. I saw this and this is how it was successful. And, you know, I mean, you ask five different people are going to give you five different ideas and what's wrong with walking away from a problem and, and knowing five different ways to exactly. solve it. Exactly. So, so, and you and I have had a lot of conversations about being a trainer and stuff. And that's how we kind of ended up doing this podcast today is that 
I think we've kind of explained, you know, probably a logical way for an agency to get somebody from putting a leash in their hand and then making them, you know, having them be a trainer of their own dog, then calling them an instructor or trainer, whichever term you want to use. Um, obviously a process there, but now the person ha- is, a, is the trainer or the instructor. Um, what what we were, have talked about a lot lately is there's a lot that goes along with that besides just having the title. And I think um, classes, even the classes, you know, we, we did hits, classes that I've attended. I think, you know, we talk a lot about liability and there's obviously everybody understands vicarious liability, but it's not really um, explained quite as clearly I think a lot of times as you know now you're the trainer you're training this team you know this these are some of the things and I know that is as both a a supervisor and a trainer you've had some real life experiences with that so I thought it'd be a good time to kind of talk about that subject a little bit yeah I think you know when when that title comes on you um for the first while you're like, okay, man, I, I've really accomplished something, you know, I'm a trainer or, or instructor or whatever. And, and then reality sets in that, okay, with that title, now my department's going to be expecting me to either I am or going to be the subject matter expert, the SME for this. Uh, and everything that goes well is going to be a good job to that handler and everything that goes bad is going to that instructor and and you have to have thick skin and you have to forecast okay what you know where is my agency needing to go and putting some type of game plan on on how you're going to get them there and at the same time you're doing that and 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 pushing this unit to get a certain way you're having to react and respond to stuff that the guys are doing and you know if if a guy keeps a dog on a bite too long who are they coming to? If a dog is not recalling, who are they coming to? If a dog bites another troop that uh, decides to stand in the way or do something yeah. that they shouldn't have, who are they coming to? You're going to get scrutinized and, you know, being able to, you know, talk about, hey, this is how I taught this training. This is how it's going and, and documenting. And, and like you said, you're exactly right. You are a first line supervisor. And, you know, when I first became an instructor, the uh, lieutenant that I had at the time uh, pulled me in the office and said, you know what, you're not going to get paid. You're uh, you're a first line supervisor. You're going to have more interaction with this dog and understand more about this team than their own supervisor is. And it's your job to 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 lead them. And once you recognize that, you know, that's a lot of weight and you're not getting paid for it. And I know everybody wants to be paid for everything they do. <laughs> this ain't one of those opportunities. It really isn't. It, this is an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I'm, I'm proud of my unit because I did X, Y, and Z and go down the the road uh, with your head held high. But you're right. I, uh, as you talked about it a bit ago, I have, you know, I have seen some bad stuff. Hey, we've had some major bites that didn't end up how we trained. Um, we had a, uh, a uh, person get bit in the face that uh, did an extensive amount of damage. Uh, and then you're brought in to scrutinize yeah. because you're the face of the agency when it comes to canine because you're the instructor. Hey, do you intentionally teach dogs to bite uh, in these areas? No. Well, why did this happen? Well, this is what I think happened, but, you know, I can't go into the mind of the dog and understand it 100%. You know, 
every time the department gets sued, every time the department goes to court, you're going to be the face of it. I, this is how we teach detection training, and this is the amount of training, and this is what these records mean and what they say. This is a success percentage of this dog. you know. And then uh, on the civil side, hey, uh, this was not excessive use of force, or this was, this is not something I teach. And, and that was one of the things uh, I learned, um, that you're going to have to stand up and um, make some decisions that are going to be very, very tough to make. Sure. And yeah. because guys are going to mess up. And when they mess up, your agency expects you to hold them to that standard that they should be held to. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of guys that have had to make these same decisions of, you know, whether it's, um, you know, I, I guess, well, it's excessive use of force. Hey, this was excessive yeah. or this this was excessive not because of how long the dog was on the bite because but because it wasn't a biteable situation yeah yeah or or you know and and some type of poor decision making yes yes and those are tough tough decisions that you're going to have to to sometimes be out on an island by yourself because you recognize this is not right but you're you're uh, keeping you know your department um, peer, you're keeping your um, uh, unit peer yeah. because you're taking and weeding out those people that are making bad decisions. Well, and now and, more than ever, I mean, obviously we all learned that something could happen, say, in Minnesota or Minneapolis, and it affects cops 600 miles away, 2,000 miles away. So, you know, right. it, it, when you're in that position, you're not just protecting your own agency or yourself, you're kind of protecting our whole profession. And I, I like to really, you know, kind of bring that back to when you were talking about training people. I, I like to, when I'm, I now am in the position where I train trainers to become trainers. And when I'm, you know, emphasizing the parts of getting along with people and how to train an adult and all that, then I also emphasize, you know, you got to really start explaining, you know, the decision-making and, and all those different, you know, critical skills that you're responsible for and, and your job, you know, I, I think when I see something, a lot of times, you know, a, a bad bite or something like that, I, I, you know, I'll think of the handler, but then I think, how was he trained? And, you know, how did that agency and that, why wasn't there a system in place to have that handler think through this where it's not, where, you know, the dog should have never been deployed. We see those all the time. Um, and, you know, so I think that that's one of those, those parts where, it's a huge block in the building blocks that doesn't get covered as much. We spend a lot of time teaching obedience with food, but we skip you know, <laughs> some of the, some of the other things like that, that are really going to get us in trouble. Right. And one of the things we obviously have learned, um, the hard way is you document. And, you know, I think if I was a new trainer coming in, the first thing I would do is I would go to my department and say, uh, I want to know all of the ways that you teach a brand new supervisor how to document. So yeah. um, put that trainer or that trainer asked to go through. I want to sit through an, uh, a supervisor course where I can learn how to document because how was that guy trained? You know, uh, first question that's always going to be asked. We, we can take a look at that Riverside situation that is unraveling. You know, right now his records have already been pulled. The trainers have already be, are are getting asked uh, questions. It, it yeah. just it's it snowballs, <clears throat> and yeah, very very quickly. And if you cover yourself, 
uh, slash the agency, you know, you're going to, you're going to be just fine and it's going to be tough and you're going to, you know, you're going to learn from it, but you're going to be just fine. At the end of the day, you're going to say, Hey, I, I instructed them here. I, I've, I've got a new trainer that's coming in uh, to want to help with uh, bomb dogs. And uh, I'm been designating things uh, uh, for her to do on uh, these two new guys. And one of the first things I did is, Hey, give them a copy of uh, the canine manual. You go through it with them line by line and then you put it in our records that this is how you handled and this is how you instructed it so you are eliminating them saying i didn't know yeah. i was never taught all that all the things that people do to yeah. to try to get out of something because everybody goes under defense and they want to blame somebody else and exactly. you just want to make sure it's not you you're doing your job and it is a it is a tough uh profession to be in when you're having to uh, instruct guys and, and go to lunch, eat with them, live, you know, your yeah. life, probably handle calls with them. Sure. And then at the end of the day, you're looking at their uh, cameras and their logs and determining, hey, dude, you're not cutting it and you're having to go to a supervisor on it. It's a very, very uh, difficult job. But, you know, your agency's picking you for the reason they believe yeah. you can do it. But. And make sure you, you hold yourself to that same standard, which, uh, you know, we've all seen that too. Do as, do as I say, not as I do. And that, that doesn't work, especially when it's, this is like an informal leadership position. So, you know, you're, I think you get the respect of the people you're, 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 you're working with by, you know, being, you know, right there with them, doing the work and doing it the way you're telling them to do it too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the do as I, I say, not as I do thing that nobody's going to call you out any quicker than canine handlers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they will let you know right away, uh, you know, and there is no scrutiny. And it's not going to be how they sugarcoat it to tell you that, hey, you told me this, but you're doing that. They're going to the minute you do it, they're going to let you know and and uh, not let it go. So yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. Canine handlers, there's they're very good at letting you know what, how you're screwing up. So, but I guess all this being said, um, to me, you know, like before I was ever a dog handler, I was a field training officer and I loved that. So when I got to be a dog handler, I got to be one of the training officers and train you know, all the dogs in the department. It kind of came full circle. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like you and I are saying this is a bad deal because to me it was the, like, I mean, it was one of the coolest things I got to do was take a, a, a handler who had never handled a police dog and take a green dog that didn't know how to sit and mold them into something that, you know, at whatever period of time, six months later, they're out there going downrange and biting some bad dude. That was, you know, I, I got more enjoyment and satisfaction than me taking my own dog downrange and doing it at that point. It was putting out teams that, that could uh, go and do stuff safely and make right decisions. So I, I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, I, I think it is a bad deal if you come into it without your heart. If, sure. if your heart is, I want to be uh, make this uh, a better uh, team, or I, I just love playing with dogs. Oh, yeah, there's nothing's better than popping in a uh, uh, evidence.com video and watching a dog that came from barely able to sit because now yeah. we're all buying green dogs and, and, and whatnot, and now this dog is 
apprehending a guy that it just sniffed out and you know or or went on a you know mile long track that uh ended up with an apprehension yeah absolutely i mean that is as much uh reward as anything that i think you can do in law enforcement yeah. is being able to take a an animal and a team you know yeah i mean let's, let's look we don't get guys that you know necessarily uh have had a bunch of years of of experience working yeah. a dog and you're teaching them hey this is how you're going to work together as a team and uh then when they actually go and do it yeah it's very very rewarding yeah. very exciting you know so it's it's i guess i just want to throw that in to make it to people to understand you know, if you don't get paid and there's liability and everything why would you do it and it's for the same reason we're cops you know i mean there's other professions that pay better than than being a cop but we're drawn to it it's a calling so i think some people are just you know it's, it's they have the gift of of being able to instruct and and explain things and and put those talents to work but you know so obviously it's something you got to want to have if if somebody's listening to this and they're you know either been a trainer for a short time or they're going to be a trainer or whatever what you know and they're they work for a totally different agency somebody that you've never worked with and they called you up and said hey i'm a, I'm a new trainer uh got any advice what would you tell those people uh well it depends on what they were asking if it was something and, and i i leave this open because if it's something i don't know i will direct you and sure. I, I mean i've got those contacts now and i and i do reach out to a lot of guys and and lead them down that way but i think in just you know five minutes of talking to somebody you'll recognize who's got the passion to do this and who wants who wants to be that guy that walks around telling everybody he's the trainer but doesn't train yeah or yeah. or tells everybody what to do rather than uh shows them or you know a, a, the guy that hey this is how you need to do x y and z let's say obedience but you're not able to grab a lead and show them then i would first by saying hey you got to get some skills where you know you can handle a dog number one yeah. um yeah number two is learn how to communicate with people and in a way where they want to learn and i'm not sitting here saying you need to kiss anybody's ass by no means i that's probably uh the least of what you want to sure. do you want yeah. you, but you want to be fair you know yeah and and and, and guys don't want to be called out in front of everybody and sometimes you need to recognize hey this is when you do it this is when you don't do it hey yeah. sometimes it's just better to go up there and hey you might want to think about this this and this when you you do that oh okay yeah. no problem or you might want to call somebody out in front of a group and say hey this happened we're all thick skin let's how this is how we're going to fix this yeah. and move forward yeah. but I, I i think if i was to to just give like a, a blueprint to somebody of becoming a trainer the first thing i would do is recognize you don't know everything and nobody does and never stop learning exactly you know? exactly i mean get get on these uh you know uh uh chat lines and instagram pages and and i'm not saying you go see the first guy and he knows everything i mean yeah but comparative if you see a bunch of guys saying and talking similar stuff hey talking about the science of dog training you know our department made the biggest change in uh around 2011 or 12 when we met scott clappenbach which if you don't know him the guy is yeah uh one of the smartest animal trainers i've ever seen in my life i mean how law enforcement was lucky enough to get somebody like yeah. him in, in the field and that's a whole story in itself but we started learning hey we're not having to do stuff the same way because we've always done it. There's a, a science behind this, and this guy's teaching us what this science yeah. is. So the big thing for me would be, hey, 
learn that there's uh, a science to this and then develop your art from other people, you know? Yeah. Um, and keep find learning. Out what you're, keep learning. Yeah. And, and, and be honest with yourself. Where is my department good and where is my department not good? And keep those things that are good going and those things that are not, recognize them, go seek help, and and come to guys. And, and, and it's all in delivery. You go up to a group of five handlers and say, we suck and you guys suck and you need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. The first thing they're going to do is give you the middle finger and walk off and, and complain that the new trainer yeah. sucks. Yeah. But if you come to them and say, hey, um, I, I saw – you know, this agency and they're doing it this way. What's, what's your guys thoughts on it and let them brainstorm on the benefits. Leave, uh, keep an open mind. Let them keep an open mind on what you're asking them to do yeah. rather than turn them off by being a, a dick. Yeah. And be, be kind of a group decision on it and, and work. Yes. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't want to do it this way and, you, and you're going to get the guy you're there's yeah. every place has it. No, I, I like doing it this way because X, Y, and Z okay, maybe changing him in front of everybody isn't going to happen. Yeah. But peer pressure and him recognize that guys are having more success a different way. Yeah. yeah. Or, or or it might just come down to you, you get the majority of guys switching over, and then once they do on something, the supervisor has to come, hey, this is making more sense, and this is how we're going to yeah. have to go with this. Yeah. So um, I, I think those are the big things is don't stop learning, man. Don't, you know – I've been doing it for a, a long time. You, you've done it a tremendous amount of time, and it's every year you're learning new things. Absolutely. That we've been teaching it. You know, a, a perfect example, and, and um, you know, back in the day, we used to always uh, focus on the dog pulling the bike, you know, yeah. the, the yanking and, and tearing, and now, you know, everybody's wanting to teach the bite where you, they push in mm -hmm. and get a deeper bite and, and all those kind of things. But if you don't know how to do it, Go to another agency because yeah. somebody has already jumped on board with it, and and they can say, "Hey, this is what we're doing." They probably already got the tools and and made the yeah. purchase to, to switch it over, and you steal their stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, you and know? as I said earlier, very few agencies won't open open their door and welcome you. Like, come on in, it, we'll we'll show you how we did it and and help you. Yeah. It's very very rare, and usually the times I've seen that. It's a handler here and there. I can't think of an agency that, as a group, you know, wouldn't welcome other people to come come help. There's there's always some some uh, personalities here and there, but overall, um, and you see it, you know, when you go to big events, how well everybody gets along. It's because we all have the same passion. It's just right. some of us do it a little bit different. And it's typically the the guy that is getting ready to to leave and suddenly he's going to start a business after he retires that wants to hold all this information in and or some stuff that he thinks that, you know, he, he's got the Holy grail of canine yeah. training ideas that he's going to make millions and, and you're not, I mean, you know, the only, I don't think there's anybody making millions no. except for defense <laughs> attorneys right now. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And the other thing too is, 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 you know, if, if I have some buildings, that um are available i probably use those buildings and i'm tired of them but that's they're a brand new building to some other agency yeah. and if you you know hey I'll, I'll give you this spot what do you have and yeah. and being able to share like that is, is huge as well and you know if everybody's looking out for each other yeah. for the greater good you're gonna make your city you know your your county whatever you're working with uh, a better team exactly and, and on that same note i've done podcasts and then in real life i've had several times where we had very large multi-agency searches in our area 
and by training together we already you know we already know these guys we train with them and we we know what are the good teams and stuff so it 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 turns into when you when you have that operation and you will at some point it, you're already ready for it instead of trying to introduce yourself you know to somebody and not know anything about them right we we yeah absolutely we just had that just a few weeks ago you know we work quite a bit with phoenix and we had a, a bad guy that took off and that's the first in phoenix you know um and that's the first place i called is and they come out and jumped on board and we, you know we ran dogs and it went very very smooth because we all have worked together yeah and, you know one thing about um arizona is uh npca uh is a, a very strong entity out here and uh, a lot of the different agencies, you know, group training will be three, four different uh, cities working together. And yeah. they are able to um, bounce ideas off each other and, and you know, work together. And it, it's it's definitely uh, been uh, beneficial to the taxpayers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all good information. And I know we were going to talk a little bit also about being a supervisor, which is a, kind of can be a similar but different can of worms. And I think maybe we'll just save that for another uh, episode because I think obviously you've had quite a few uh, instances where being a supervisor has been a blessing and a curse at the same time I imagine with the number of teams you have oh yeah for sure uh, you know it's it's always the liability side of it you know when when the liability uh, comes running and or the attorneys come running for that it's it's always going to be a you know um, who's, who's uh, the sergeant who's the sergeant yeah. charge here <laughs> yeah yeah they you know and, and then when you yeah yeah exactly when you do both of them then it's just okay well we know who we're calling here yeah. to start this show off with on uh depositions and such and you know it, it it is what it is i mean there's always somebody that feels that they were done wrong and and what is it 99 percent of the time they weren't yeah but but you know they're looking for a reason why uh, the dog bit them, and, and yep. nobody ever wants to look and say, "Hey, it's because you're a bad guy hiding yeah. from law enforcement." Yeah. Don't, they want to say, do crimes. You know, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Exactly. So, well, I think this um, has been really good information. I don't know if you have anything you want to follow up on uh, or or end with as far as being no. a trainer. I, I think you know the the one thing I would is just say is just protect your you know when you're when you come into this role, you're not just a trainer, but you're protecting your unit and you're protecting your department uh and your your training needs to be accordingly you need to you know look out for your guys because you're going to be teaching them tactics and skills that if uh you're off or not taught right you know yeah you know somebody's going to get hurt and we don't want that so it is you know and i don't think rely so, on i think somebody yeah. right then would say well you're also protecting yourself but i think you can argue that if you're if you're doing it right and you're training in your department guidelines and you're, you're doing, you know, you're doing the right thing. You are, you already, you've protected yourself if you're training the right way and training people correctly. Right. Well, you are the department, you know, yeah. when it comes down to it, you're the subject matter expert. You're who they're going to ask questions about. So you are absolutely 100% protecting, uh, the department and yourself at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, I mean, it's it's as rewarding as it comes and uh, it can be as, as stressful as it comes. And, you know, but what better option uh, in life than uh, uh, playing with dogs and getting paid for it? Exactly. Exactly. So and I appreciate it. You know, I know you mentioned that you, you reach out and I mean, that's how you and I got to be friends is just through some phone calls back and forth on different things. So um, you definitely are, you know, you've done that over the years and you have 
contacts you know through all over the u.s and internationally and it's i mean you're a very good example as to, to why people should reach out even though you have plenty of resources that you could just say we're just going to keep stuff in-house but you're you're one of those guys who never hesitates and i can tell that from you know just the way your, your teams are they're always growing and and doing doing uh new stuff and staying on that current trend so uh, good oh, job. I appreciate it. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. I heard a, I heard a saying not, not too long ago, and it was I thought it was so it was not anything about dog training, but it was so appropriate that you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting, and it just seemed <laughs> it just yeah. seemed so appropriate, you know. So I, I hope I'm always green and growing. I don't want to be the the ripe old guy who is now rotting and says I know everything. So uh, yeah, I, I I think everybody knows those ripe guys right? yeah. They, oh, yeah they they tend to they tend to let us smell out real quick <laughs> yep. that, uh, <laughs> on who they are and yeah. and, and and whatnot yeah, but uh, yeah all right everybody uh i appreciate you guys listening and i thanks brian for coming on today um i know you got a busy schedule so i appreciate you jumping on and and taking the time to to go over some of this important information so for those of you who found me over on this uh, new show i'm glad you found me my new website is policecaninetraining.net. You can uh, check out uh, my new website. I've got a list of classes that we're doing and some information that, uh, that I'm doing over there. And my new email that you can reach me at is jeffmeyer1 at outlook.com. I'll put those, uh, all that information in the show notes. And then I'll put Brian's uh, information in the show notes as well so you can shoot him an email. So, uh, Brian, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. I do uh, do appreciate it. And like I said, anytime anybody has a question, I'll be happy to reach out. And most likely I won't know the answer, but I will find somebody that does. <laughs> well, you get the contacts. So. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you guys listening and, and be safe. Thanks again, Brian.